Welcome to the Indigo Podcast, an exploration of human flourishing at work and beyond. I'm Ben Barron of Indigo Anchor and Cleveland State University. And I'm Chris Everett of Indigo Anchor. For more information, please visit us at www.indigopodcast.com. Hey, so today we're talking about managers as coaches and specifically coaching as a critical part of performance management, coaches in the workplace and managers as part of that stuff, and uh, how organizations can promote coaching behavior. That's right. And we're talking about this because we have seen in the HR world and in talking with some of our leadership and development types of gurus in our circle, that this is an important topic, that people are wondering about this and trying to figure it out in terms of how we we can have better coaching in the workplace and whether or not this should be something managers do. So let's start off and talk about this idea of coaching as a critical part of performance management. And as always, we are drawing upon the social science literature today to talk about this topic in a, an evidence-based manner. So two articles, we'll post links to them in the show notes. One is from Steelman and Wolfeld. Uh, the Manager as Coach, The Role of Feedback Orientation. That's in the Journal of Business and Psychology. And then we've got another article by a number of authors called The Multiple Faces of Coaching, Manager as Coach, Executive Coaching, and Formal Mentoring. And that's an organizational development journal. Okay, so let's start off with uh, the landscape. So what are some things we need to be thinking about more broadly to try to contextualize and define all of this, Chris? Yeah, so... There's all these words. <laughs> so many have. words. So many words. And they always get interchanged, right? Yeah. And I think it's helpful to separate these and think about them individually. So because we've got, sometimes they, you know, they may not mean what they you think they mean. Right. So you got inconceivable. Training. Yes. For those um, <laughs> Princess Bride. Yeah. yeah. Which they did as a drive-in movie here in Park City, which was pretty cool. Of course, awesome. it was past my kids' bedtime, so we didn't get to. But um, so anyway, you got training, you got mm -hmm. coaching, you've got education, you got mentorship, you got feedback. Oh my goodness. If you went to a, probably a SHRM education course, maybe you call it leadership and development, or you've got corporate education, you got all these so many all the words that's right yeah that's right so it is very helpful for us to break these down first to briefly define them so we can know what on earth we're actually talking about when we talk about coaching the first piece is training and so training is typically defined as something that's more of a periodic or systematic approach toward skill building right these things that require some practice uh, it could be management and coaching skills right you could train on that but when we're talking about training, it's more about skill building, right? Right. So, yeah. Like, I, you know, I always think of, you know, somebody who went to army training, right? And somebody who's had a dog or two, you know. I always feel like the dog at the training event. It's like, okay, this is where George learns to do good. Good boy, George. <laughs> <laughs> is that what happens at army training where you learn how to army? Yeah, you learn yeah. it, which is like maybe <laughs> this is how you sit in a bleacher for half the day doing ranges. But um, <laughs> hurry up but and wait. Hurry up and wait, right? I mean, you got a cohort anyway. So training's about specific skills, right? Yep. So like I can train you how to put gas into a lawnmower mm -hmm. or how to change the oil in your car. Like that is a very specific skill. 
Notice mm-hmm. how that has nothing to do with the complexity of billing or complex customer interaction, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, no, George doesn't know how to do that. George knows how to put oil in the car. Mm-hmm. All right, training. You got to have that. Like, you can't do anything without at least some modicum of skill in something. Right. And, and then let's, so let's contrast that though with, with education. What's education about? Yeah. So this is like, so this is where you take those raw materials, those raw skills that you get in the training environment. And this is knowledge building, mm-hmm. right? So you're actually adding to all these individual skills and maybe putting them together to think about something broader. How would right. you define education, Ben? I mean, you're an yeah. educator, technically. <laughs> Supposedly. Word on the street is that I'm an educator. So, I, I mean, typically I think of it as knowledge building. And, uh, you know, for example, in my courses that I teach at Cleveland State University, I teach a number of MBA level courses and program, you know, courses in our master's in HR program. And, um, you know, those are more about the knowledge. They're, so, for example, in my HR class that I, I teach for MBA students, um, and others, it's it's all about, hey, here's what the legal context of HR is. Here's what staffing is and how it operates in organizations, performance management, uh, employee relations, compensation benefits, all these different topics and giving students the knowledge that they need to be able to understand how these things operate in organizations. We don't go into skills, really, right? Skills are more about practicing things and trying things out and learning how to do things in your organization where it's like, okay, we talked about you know, the education piece of maybe compensation and benefits in Dr. Barron's class. Now we're going to go, we're going to figure out how that operates in my organization. That would be much more about skills, um, which is not something that I can do in my course, right? Because I have people from all over different organizations and so forth. So education, raw materials, knowledge building, training, skills building. Another piece here is feedback. So feedback is that information that uh, about some sort of specific instance of job performance that a person shares with another. So it could be a, a supervisor saying, hey, here's something you did well or did not do well. Uh, or it could go in the other direction where maybe you're even providing some feedback to the boss or with a peer. So feedback's that information piece. Uh, and, you know, this is kind of a single data point on a particular topic. And, you know, you usually try to calibrate that with maybe some other data points for that feedback instance. That's yeah, from so, coaching, though. Yeah, yeah. But before we hop into coaching, let me pop in. So it, there's this field of IT practice known as knowledge management. And so go, mm. go when you get a chance, go Google the knowledge management pyramid, right? And so at the base level, you got data, right? That's just stuff. Like if you got a piece of feedback, that'd be one data point, right? Um, that You take that data and you turn it into information, right? This is where... The data is contextualized, categorized, maybe calculated. You got a graph, right? And then so data turns into information and information turns into knowledge. So like talking about that knowledge piece that we're talking about, that's know-how, um, experience, insight, understanding. This is information that's now contextualized in the broader sphere. Now, how do we move up that knowledge pyramid from training, education, those kinds of ideas and feedback, which could be just one data point. And we all love it when a manager that doesn't know what's going on or a senior VP or director comes by and just says something. They're like, well, why is this happening? Or so I call it a, you know, it's that, what do they, what do they call it? Pigeon management where they fly in crap all over everything and then, <laughs> and then disappear. <laughs> right. It's like, they're like, 
hey guys, just giving you feedback, right? Well, so you're in that environment, right? With the, the with the, <laughs> with the training, education, and then maybe some drive-by crappings. Um, what are you going to do with all that stuff? I mean, mm-hmm. it's just a primordial ooze of the environment you find yourself in. And this is where coaching and mentorship as well can come into place. These are people who are guides that'll say, okay, are, are you doing some better, not just okay stuff, but are you doing some better stuff with that training, knowledge, education, and feedback? Right. Um, so yeah. your coaching itself, you know, is typically more of a one-on-one type of process that involves maybe some specific skill and knowledge building. And it usually pertains to a particular role. So, you know, helping you do better in your job. Uh, mentoring is a little bit different from that. So mentoring usually kind of happens outside of your raider system or outside of what we would call the chain of command in the military. Uh, and these are more long-term relationships that are designed to help a person with their career advancement, provide some psychosocial guidance. You know, this is how to fit into the culture and so forth and how to navigate maybe different relationships. And we're going to talk more about coaching specifically here today because we're talking about this idea of managers as coaches. Uh, So maybe we can move now to talking a little bit more specifically about how coaching really is, um, you know, a a critical part of the the whole formula for performance management in an organization. So, you know, performance management is about trying to get people to do work in uh, the the best way possible. And um, it's not just performance appraisal, though, is it? No. I mean, so, and this is why it becomes so hard to unpack. Lots of organizations have horrible performance appraisals. Mm -hmm. They have like this whole concept of how they ingest somebody in the organization, treat them, grow them, do, well, we'll just say do stuff with them while they're at the organization and offboard them is just a primordial ooze of shenanigans. I mean, it's it's, 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 it's a landmine, though. To be sympathetic, that it, this is something you can't just riff on to execute well. So the idea of coaching needs, you need to think about it in that knowledge pyramid. Because mm-hmm. if you don't have a basic, tr- you know, that's like talking about like, hey, I'm concerned about competing in the NBA this year. Oh, really, Chris? I, I mean, last time I saw you pick up a basketball, you couldn't even dribble. Right? <laughs> right. You, you can't be having that NBA comp- competition conversation before you have that stuff. So if you're in an HR role, if you have somebody that has influence on that, make sure those key training and education pieces are, are laid. And that's not only for the person that is turning the wrench or cranking out the widgets or whatever, but also those key training pieces for your managers because they need to be ready to become coaches. Right. So, you know, just to come back to this idea of performance appraisal, performance appraisal is that yearly, usually type of activity in which someone is formally rated in the system. And this also known as the most awkward time of the year. (laughs) (laughs) It's the most awkward time of the year. Um, (laughs) Yes. So it, it can be. Right. Uh, And it has its own purpose. And we talked about this in another episode where I'd encourage our listeners to check that out. We'll put a link to it in the show notes. So what we're talking about is how we can actually help people develop at work. And regardless of whether or not you're on one side of this debate of whether or not performance appraisal is good or not, 
uh, or you think that, you know, performance appraisals are the best thing ever. Um, regardless of where you fall on that, what we can agree upon, what the science suggests is that uh, having high quality conversations and relationships between sub, sub, superiors and support subordinates, so to speak, or between employees and managers is a very important component of uh, performance management. This is ongoing. This is not just that once a year thing. Ongoing high quality interactions as a critical component of performance management in your organization. And that's where this gets messy because, you know, it's not just about having some sort of rigid managed process that you can, you know, check in on all the time. Uh, this is about managers actually doing the hard work of coaching, of developing their people. And so that's what we're going to try to unpack here a little bit today is this idea of managers doing the coaching within the organization. Yeah. And imagine just taking that kind of check the box thing. Well, I don't know how you could say I'm a bad manager. Per the checklist, I've had six social interactions with said employee. That's that's like going to your kid of like, how, what do you mean that you feel my parenting is suboptimal? I went to 70% of your at-home games. You know, <laughs> you, you missed the gusto. Like you, that's that whole office space. What do you mean? I have four pieces of flair. Well, well, that's that's the right. We can tell when people are doing the minimum and and there's a focus. There's a mindset that people that do better as coaches have and they have right. a bias for feedback. Ben, tell, tell us about that bias for feedback. Yeah. So people who are good coaches and we'll talk about this a little bit more within the context of this idea called feedback orientation, um, you know, coaches that that like feedback themselves and use feedback themselves tend to be better coaches. They see the value in it. And what I'd like to do, first of all, before we go too much down that trail of, of this idea of coaches in the workplace is to think about, and we can talk briefly about how being a manager and a coach at the same time, managers as coaches, this differs from this more external type of idea of executive coaching. Uh, now, learning maybe some executive coaching skills could help you as a manager. However, this is not the same thing because as a as a manager, you're dealing with these people, you know, in the course of your everyday work. This is not not some sort of kind of external intervention to try to uh, take someone to the next level. So, you know, to to quote from one of the articles that we post a link to in the show notes, this is the Steelman and Wolfeld article. Uh, I'm going to read this, and it's. Uh, I'll try to do, keep it interesting for all of our listeners in a dramatic voice. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> so here's what I, here's what they say because I think it's really good how they define this. They say, and I quote: "The manager as coach is a critical component of organizational performance management processes. Managers who actively work to improve the skills, competencies, and performance of direct reports are viewed as coaching managers." Gregory and Levy, 2010, another study. Define the manager as coach process as a developmental activity in which an employee works one-on-one -on -one with his or her direct manager to improve current job performance and enhance his or her capabilities for future roles and challenges, the success of which is based on the relationship between the employee and manager, as well as the use of objective information, such as feedback, performance data, or assessments. And I'll pause right there um, before we kind of move on with a little bit more of that quote. Um, because I just I, I love how they they say the success of this is based upon the relationship between the employee and the manager. Yeah, 
because I see all the time where it's just treated transactionally. Yeah. Right. And 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 it's treated transactionally because the person above that manager normally talks about, oh, well, tell me how you're managing. And they, they focus on some kind of like di progressive discipline, all of these things. It's not a thriving relationship that builds on the success of what the employees already do doing to greater success of what they could be doing. Right. And this also presents a little bit of a challenge because if I tell an organization, hey, you guys could all be amazing, uh, an amazing, you know, managers as coaches type organization, if you implement these three steps and give everybody this specific tool, that that's a lot easier thing for me to swallow and say, oh, well, that's wonderful, Mr. or Miss Vendor. I'm going to use that now to uh, to change my organization. Solve world hunger with Windex and this one easy <laughs> trick. I mean, this is the same version of those really horrible clickbait, you know, dancing person uh, advertisements that are on the web. And yet mm -hmm. your vendors, anybody that's in an executive role is bombarded by these. But in their mid-market companies, they may, oh, well, this one looks interesting. You know, they have an idea. They want something. But these vendors are saying, hey, look, it's just this two easy tricks or I've uncovered the secret system to manager coaching. Yeah. They're, they are liars. Don't believe or, them. Right. I, <laughs> there is well, no secret here. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say the only secret is that, it, you know, that isn't really a secret is that it really does come down to these relationships that develop between employees and their managers. And so you have to have people who have those good leadership skills, have those relationship building skills in order for any kind of coaching to actually work. And one reason for this is that we are much more likely to accept any kind of feedback that comes from someone who, whom we view as credible, whom, with whom we have yeah. a decent relationship. <laughs> you know, if you just walk in and I, maybe I have a bad relationship with you or I don't trust you, maybe I just, just met you, and you start giving me a lot of feedback, it's harder for me to accept that than it is if I have worked with you, I trust you, I think you're credible, you're a good source of information. So that relationship piece is so critical. Uh, so got to focus on that first. And I'll continue with this quote because I love it. Um, in that article, they, they continue and say, and I quote again, effective coaching managers do more than conduct an annual performance appraisal. They evaluate patterns and trends in employee performance. They create awareness through ongoing feedback. They provide learning experiences, opportunities for reflection, and assist in action planning and identifying critical steps to goal accomplishment. Coaching managers provide guidance in the interpretation and utilization of feedback for goal setting and self-regulation. That sounds like, first of all, hey, I, I have to actually care as a manager about my people, number one. And number two, it sounds like I've got to put in some effort. Yeah. And, and so whenever interviewing managers or people just stepping up to a director role, one of the good questions is like, well, why do you want to manage people? Mm -hmm. And lots of times I'll get like, uh, I want to make more money. Well, <laughs> first of all, that tells me two things that, that one, whoever's managing him now doesn't know or her now doesn't know how to develop leadership, coaching focused people. Right. Um, you know, so, so it's like, that's not just a knock on that person. Cause who doesn't want to make some more cash? <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> cash is pretty cool. Um, so, but then the second thing is, it's like that person is missing a thing of like, I'm adding value more than just making sure people stay, show up on time that we have a good schedule and that I approve vacations. 
Like there's this whole dynamic of incre increasing the quality of the organization and how all the interactions happen within it, right? Right. You can't fake this stuff, as we oftentimes say. Uh, if you try to, well, you know, it's not going to work nearly as well as it, as it could. So, you know, this is also challenging for many organizations because, you know, as we've seen interacting with organizations as well as in organizations in which we've been members, uh, many organizations don't see this as a valuable activity uh, in terms of having their managers be coaches for their people. Uh, it's not a priority. It takes time. And, you know, there's a variety of reasons for this. It could just be plain ignorance that, you know, maybe this isn't thought of in that organizational culture as something that managers need or should do. Um, and I think that's that's where we have to think about what what is it that managers do and what's expected of them within a given context. And I, I, I would I would wager that if you are adopting this idea of manager as coach, then you've got to broaden your definition a little bit of what it means to be a manager. Right. And then, so let's, let's talk about what organizations can do to start. Okay. You've decided I, I'm going to go down this path. I, yep. I buy it, Ben. I think this is valuable. I, we have a list of key um, skills associated with effective managerial coaching. Could you read That's those, right. Ben? Sure. So, you know, this again comes from the literature that we've cited here today. And, um, you know, there, these are some tough things, things like listening, analysis, interviewing, observation, communication and giving feedback, setting clear expectations, then some coaching behaviors like guidance, facilitation, inspiration. So there's a lot there. <laughs> the, wow. These are... These are all the things that are hard to get managers to do. But I thought, uh, but I thought they were soft skills, Chris. Soft skills. Oh, listen, anybody easy. who's been on LinkedIn Learning Come or on. in in this space for a long time knows that there's whole like there's whole ch many chapters of many books devoted to listening. Mm -hmm. There's a whole trainings devoted to analysis, interviewing. Anybody's, oh, yeah, interviewing so easy. Oh, my gosh. You know, like, it takes a long time to get to that place, right? And we're not just talking job interviewing. We're talking right. about finding, assessing what's really going on. Yeah. Are, are, you, are you punishing Martha for Bob's screw up? Well, if you don't ask the right questions, you may not know. And maybe punishment's not even the right paradigm to be using. Um, communication and giving feedback. Everybody talks about, oh, the annual performance review is so hard. Well, lots of times it's hard because the whole process and system is garbage in a lot of places. But even where it's good, managers will continue to struggle with giving feedback. Like you see these behaviors such as stonewalling or letting that person just kind of walk the plank on their own rather than hurting them back in and seeing if they can be salvaged. Mm -hmm. You know, these kinds of things, setting clear expectations whole trainings on that. So when so when you're looking at this how to build this death star that's fully functional, you got a lot to go on. And mm -hmm. if your development program doesn't have that, I mean, think of that knowledge pyramid, the training, the education, and their own type coaching, there's not a whole lot of people that will kind of come to this on their own self-development. Right. Especially if you've been in an organization where this was not the norm. 
So if you which is own, most places, right. it seems, you yeah. know, most of us learn how to be managers based upon how we were managed, how we were led. That's how we start to lead and manage others. And if you come from an organization that didn't value coaching or where you didn't have a manager or a leader who really took special interest in you and tried to develop you and did all of these types of things like listening and observation and giving you feedback, then it's going to be a challenge. Um, and this is why culture change is hard. Yeah. Because you, somebody could, let's say you can paint the idea of that vision for where your company needs to be versus where it is now. Everybody's like, we see it. We love it. We want it. But then they go look at their skill inventories. Each manager in the organization looks like, I have no idea what I need to even go there. Mm -hmm. Right? Like your, your McKinsey slide deck, as awesome as it could be, or your most dynamic, you know, you, you get struck by lightning and you have a vision where the skies open up and you know what your business needs to be. Let's say it was just divine inspired into your head. You can't, you know, and executives talk about this all the time, Dan. I mean, we hear this, gosh, I just can't get the traction that I need. So if you want to build this learning organization, coaching organization, you've got this foundational work of uh, knowledge and education you got to do, and you got to do some coaching to get those, you know, to kickstart. You got to prime that pump before you have a self-sustaining managers as coaches, turning out more managers as coaches, turning out more managers as coaches. Right. So, you know, I, I think there's a big component here of building this into how your organization even talks about leadership, how your organization oh, even talks about management. So uh, right. And, you know, so this should be truly infused into every part of your uh, learning and development for managers. Um, from the very moment that someone gets, you know, even thought about as being a potential manager, they should be thinking about these ideas of coaching and how how to improve the performance of the people around them. You know, another idea that I think is really powerful is this idea of a feedback environment in which, and we've talked about that before in another episode, we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well, which is, you know, this idea that feedback doesn't just come from your boss. Uh, it can't, it, it's not just necessarily your supervisor who can coach you. Um, some amazing organizations are ones in which coaching is just thought of on the regular as coming from any direction. So, you know, as, as a supervisor, having one of your people provide you some coaching can be helpful. Uh, having, you know, peer on peer to peer type coaching can also be a way to improve performance if it's all coming in good faith. Yeah. And nobody likes the guy or gal who, <laughs> Who's like, I only care about my manager's feedback. You know, you guys can go drown in the lake because I'll be m moving on up the ladder. You know, uh, that, that kind of person is miserable to be around. And people will remember that. It mm. may win you. You may win short term. But especially when you're younger in the field, people remember if you were a jack wagon or not. Yeah. And they may move up higher in the ladder. You may need to hit them up for a job. And they're like, oh, no, I, I know what I know what you're about, which is like this. And we'll let's keep going on that feedback uh, orientation. But this idea of the high quality relationship, what right. we call LMX, leader member exchange. People come from all kinds of backgrounds. They come from all types of cultural contexts. They, you know, some people come from broken homes that were horrible and they've never learned to really contextualize relationships well. Right. You know, it's it's like, 
all right, it's tit for tat. You know, you give me this, I'll give you that. And it, it becomes less, more transactional and stuff. So I think organizations can even define what a healthy, good work relationship looks like within a certain cultural context in a given organization, right? Like yeah. these are things that you can spell out, right, for people so they can start to think about it, get some coaching, learning, training around it to even have those high quality relationships. Now, this idea of feedback uh, orientation, that feeds into that as well. How do you give feedback? Um, if a healthy example can be, don't, you know, so many people just run with these things. You got to be super careful about what you say. But our listeners are smart, so I'm going to trust you guys with this one. <laughs> maybe, maybe you let your guys, your team, observe you receiving feedback from your manager. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, listen, these are the things I'm noticing on your team that you're not driving. And OK, and then you asking some clarifying questions like you can model those or you could have like, you know, a video of somebody displaying, giving a quality way of giving feedback, a quality way to receive feedback. These are things that just have to be kind of launched within your organization when that's not the cultural norm. Right. And, and what's interesting is if you're an organization that really, let's imagine that you really, really want coaching to be part of your DNA as an organization. Uh, and you really want to be able to do, and you're a large organization. Um, going about that is, is tricky because, you know, having some sort of top-down mandate and certain requirements and so forth starts to really turn it into something that could be very negative and actually starts to take a bunch of time and no one will do anyway. And so, you know, mandatory the, family fun time. Everybody right. hates that. <laughs> or, 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 or turning it into just something that's like a, a more frequent performance appraisal. Oh gosh, um, where, that happens oh, all the you, time. You know, tell me whether or not you have coached your people five times this past uh, quarter or whatever, right? Or it was bad once a year. Now yeah. let's have it bad five times a year. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And so, you know, the, a better way to go about this is to start with those. What What are you trying to achieve? Um, and I, and I would argue that a good goal is we want to have high quality uh, supervisor subordinate relationships that have high quality conversations in them about performance and, you know, providing those tools and those, and that education and some of that training around some of these coaching skills to people all along their career development. So, you know, the first time maybe they get put in charge of, of other people um, you know, there's some, some education and training around these types of skills like listening and feedback giving and setting expectations. So you provide that at those times and you continue to provide that along the way so that people really start to get this idea of being a good coach as part of their managerial role. Uh, so, you know, you can't, you can't make this something that is overburdensome and turns into some sort of engineered process because human relationships are dynamic and fluid. Yeah. And the, the coaching stuff. So we're all focused on managers and stuff here, but if somebody's going to be, let's say you're going to be a Amazon web cloud expert and you only want to be an expert you're not interested in moving up mm. the chain, right? Coaching still can be dynamic. So like, well, let's talk about getting you some training on managing stakeholders. Mm -hmm. Let's coach how you manage stakeholders 
going forward so that people have higher quality interactions with the IT department. So now that they have a higher level of trust that the IT department knows what they're doing and has the best interest of the org in mind, you know, these are things, this isn't only about like, all right, what skills do you need to do first? You're going to do your job well. And then we're going to promote you with no management skills to a manager position. <laughs> and then maybe if you're lucky, we'll coach you some more there. No, that's not that. This is talking about what kind of behaviors, skills, knowledge do we want people to have, exude, and and display, and cultivating those. Right. And there's some evidence to suggest that, you know, the perceptions that you have as a manager are really important with regard to how you're going to coach others. And this this may, to some degree, indicate that some people might not be the best at coaching. Uh, you know, there's some interesting findings from that same article that we've been talking about, the uh, Steelman and Wolfeld article, uh, where they looked at this idea of feedback orientation. So feedback orientation is whether or not you actually value feedback for yourself. If you think this whole feedback idea is a good one. And what they found in their paper was they found that managers who value feedback for themselves, so they have a high feedback orientation, were viewed as better coaches as assessed through employee perceptions of the coaching behaviors. So, right. you know, it, that, that's interesting methodologically because it's saying, okay, I rate myself pretty high. I really value orient, you know, my you know, feedback. I, I have a high feedback orientation. But then independent of that, other people are saying that people who do that have are better coaches, right? And do a better job with this coaching relationship and creating this feedback environment. Um, so that that's a, an important piece here. Um, and what they also say in this study, in the abstract, they, they talk about how this study demonstrated that the coaching manager with higher feedback orientation is viewed as more effective than the coaching manager with lower feedback orientation. And so that's an important component. You know, if we're going to kind of boil down some of these uh types of steps that an organization should take to promote this managers as coaching or as coaches type of behavior. You know, so we talked about, you know, thinking more deeply and having a shared understanding about what being a manager is. That's kind yeah. of the, the, the most important thing to start with. That's a foundational piece. Yeah. So it's interesting because when we do uh, executive coaching or just regular consulting engagements, one of the, the big pieces is, well, I want, I want people to view me as competent. Mm -hmm. Or I want them to have a positive view of me as an executive, as a business leader, or thought leader, you know, those kinds of things. But one of the few things you can do to super impact that is to have a feedback orientation. Mm -hmm. You know, that here, here the, the subordinates are saying they had a po more positive view of you just because you're open to feedback. So. Right. So don't be a numbskull. Like there's a nugget of gold for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oftentimes new managers in particular, but we've come across people who actually have made it to very relatively senior levels. People who are, you know, that they view being being a manager, being a leader, as being the person who knows what to do and being the person who gets stuff right. And now I hope that you do have some competence and you do get stuff right. And you do know some things. How well, knowing what to do, <laughs> well, not knowing what to do and being wrong all the time is not the side of that seesaw you want to be on. Right, right, right. <laughs> How, you know, but at the same time, people need to be open to the idea of getting feedback. And in, it's actually a sign of maturity of a manager or a leader to being open and being a little bit vulnerable to saying, hey, like, I don't know everything. I might screw up th some things. I know what I know and I know what I don't know. I need you to tell me more about 
how I can improve or other types of, of things that we should do better as a team. And when managers actively seek that feedback, uh, people actually tend to see them more positively. They don't see it as some sort of big flaw that the manager has. So open up those communication channels and actually seek feedback as a manager. Um, it's, a, it's a good thing for you. So having this shared idea of what being a manager entails, some skills training around these different ideas of, of what it takes to be a, a good coach as a manager, and developing those high-quality relationships. Some, those are some very important components if you as an organization want to run with this idea of managers as coaches. Yeah, it's a long journey. There's no Windex and three easy tricks that'll get you. But it's a journey worth going on as an org. Absolutely. Um, so if you have remit, you're going to have to build some focus and organizational support around a, a managers as coaching model, really around any of this kind of stuff, If you know, whatever you want to bite off in this space. Um, and if you're an individual, you got to think, hey, I need to keep focus and doing good on my job here. But if I want to be successful, I need to avoid derailment. I need to know how to manage people. I need to know how to set schedules. You know, make an inventory of the things that you're going to need to develop and start doing some personal development there. So, um, Ben, let's talk about some takeaway points before we wrap up. Sure. So uh, the first one is that these ongoing high-quality conversations about performance are very important. This differs from the performance review, the performance appraisal. This is about having those ongoing high-quality conversations related to performance. That's a key part of the idea of managers as coaches. So, you know, one way to think about this whole idea is to uh, you know, differentiate this a little bit from mentoring and from the formal performance appraisal, saying being a manager also involves good conversations on a regular basis about performance. Yeah, the... If you get to your performance review and you're like, what? <laughs> if the person you're giving that review to is like that, then you haven't done your job in those quality conversations along the way. That's a great point. Um, it should never be a surprise what someone's getting in that formal performance review. Yeah, I, I just think like this is a time to put a, uh, a, a mark of where you are at a specific point in time. This is not, I never view those as this is a particular time for some coaching or developmental. Like this guy's actually being rated according to a system. I want to set up everybody that I work with or manage to get an A. Mm -hmm. Right? Unless they're a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> so another takeaway point that managers need to take here is that they need to see the value in coaching and receive some skills training and some practice. You got to be open to getting better yourself as a manager and realizing that you probably don't have all of these skills. We can all continually improve in these areas of human relationships, human interaction, listening, feedback, giving, and so forth. And so, you know, you've got to have managers who actually buy into it. It can't be something that's forced upon them. Which uh, means so your programs can't be garbage. This right. is not where you go dumpster diving for the cheapest vendor to help you, at least when you're kicking it off, right? But mm -hmm. once you kind of get it going, maybe you can dial back. I wouldn't go there, but th that's that whole thing of, you can make it to where you can swim on your own, mm -hmm. but you're going to have to go deal with how people actually are, not how you fantasize that they would be, and develop a quality program that's meaningful. 
You know, if anybody, I use this example all the time, Ben, is if anybody's pushing a wheelbarrow with a triangle wheel and they look across the street and they see somebody with a circle wheel, they're going to knock the corners off their triangle. And so your training and manager development programming needs to be so compelling that people that aren't displaying those cultural values and good coaching, feedback, behaviors, and those kinds of things that you want to see have such a compelling reason to just knock the corners off their wheel. Right. And a proper culture is the only way that any of this stuff works, right? So you have have to have that tone that comes from your top leadership, but also those norms that actually support these ideas. You have to have leaders throughout the organization who understand that being a coach is part of being a manager. And this is what that entails. Having a shared understanding of that is so important because otherwise you have a new manager who tries these things. And if it's something that's not supported by the rest of the organization, then it's it's not going to go well and they're going to stop doing it and it's not going to persist. So culture is very, very important. Yeah, I remember being a kid and had some retail jobs. And I was just treated like any other retail numbskull. And I just thought that was a deal. You got to do really well, take the punches from bad culture, and just drive drive ahead like some wicked dark elf in like the worst cutthroat culture ever. Like, no. Mm-hmm. And then, but then I, you know, I was started being interested. I actually did get mentored by some people that had turned around businesses and stuff when I was in uh, undergrad. I I worked at a retail music store type thing and they'd take me aside and start. And I was like, man, this is so interesting. So you start reading publications and and people say, well, you know, it's very important for top leadership to focus on culture. And I remember being a kid being like, what are you talking about? This is dog eat dog, you know, spear in the back. We're going to carve away success in business is like a giant, you know, king of the hill competition. Hmm. Man, was I ever wrong. And I was glad that people helped calibrate that for me when I was younger. Um, But you can start to see, well, why is culture important? Well, first of all, existentially, you should want a good culture. That's how people thrive, just on your own. But if you're one of those people that had the wrong perspective, like I did when I was younger, you actually can't do anything in the world of business, life, or anything really well without a good culture. So, Mm -hmm. you know, just like you don't plant a garden in garbage soil. Those of you guys with a, a biblical background, I love that allegory of a seed planted in good soil grows well. Mm-hmm. But why would you spend your time sowing a seed in garbage soil? And that's exactly what you do when you're trying all these efforts of coaching or maybe you bring in somebody to do a seminar and you're like, why is nothing taking? Why is nobody getting it? A good place to look is your culture there. Yeah, no, that's a very powerful metaphor of... You know, having the good soil of your organization really is your culture and the tone that you set about these types of ideas and these types of priorities. So managers as coaches, you shape everything from how somebody comes into that org to how they grow up and oftentimes how far they'll go in life, honestly. Right. And what I like to say, and the research supports this as well, is that managers are oftentimes the windows through which everyone experiences the organization. They're the window through which you decide whether or not the organization is fair or unfair, whether or not the organization is a great place to work or not, whether or not the organization is a place you'd recommend to your friends or not. And therefore, you as a manager, you have this enormous responsibility and huge opportunity to really do great things with your team, 
as well as for the organization. And so, you know, I hope that by our conversation today, we've talked about this idea of managers as coaches and provided some ideas for organizations out there who are trying to move down this path with some ideas around culture, with some ideas around specific skills that need to be trained and built and some ways to move that forward uh, in a way that's actually going to be sustainable and not just kind of a, a, um, a you know, a slogan or something that you, you talk about. So, you know, specifically, we talked about how coaching is a critical part of that performance management piece. Uh, what this means even to have coaches in the workplace, how managers can be coaches in the workplace, and then uh, how organizations can truly promote coaching behavior. Thanks for listening to the Indigo Podcast. If you like this podcast, please consider helping us by rating us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, telling your friends about us, having us on your podcast, or mentioning us on social media. Our website is www.indigopodcast.com, where you can access more information about us and this episode. Thanks again, and we look forward to talking with you again soon.